Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Helen and I'm joined by my co-host Sarah. Hi everyone. And this is episode 69 of our podcast. I'm very excited that we're kind of getting up to, we're getting closer and closer to 100, Sarah. It won't be long. I know, it's like a, actually a meaningless number. It means a lot to me. <laughs> That's so true. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't actually mean anything other than I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing when we get to 100 for no actual reason. <laughs> I think when we get to 100, we should have like a, a G&T just to celebrate our tenacity in fitting in our recording around all the other things that we are doing in our squiggly careers. Well, I have to say, uh, for all the listeners out there, this is the first time that I have uh, succumbed to a G&T prior <laughs> to the recording. Um, and that is because my toddler currently has chicken pox. So it has been a slightly challenging day. Um, so, yeah, if I sound very relaxed, that's that's why. <laughs> I'm very chilled out right now. Normally that would be me, but I've got a cup of coconut chai tea for tonight. I think I'd rather have the G&T. I think you're winning. Um, so this podcast, if you're new to the Squiggly Careers podcast, welcome. Thank you for being here. And if you have we listened... We don't always drink. Lots, I feel we really always drink, you. yeah. yeah. So Sarah never, never drinks on the podcast. I occasionally have a glass of wine, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, if you're new here, thank you very much for coming. And if you are a regular listener, thank you for coming back. Um, as you know, our podcast is all about helping people to develop the skills to succeed in a squiggly career. And that's, that, you know, that's whatever success means for you. Um, it means lots of different things to the different people. We just want to help to inspire you to share some of our experiences and also to really help you take action we Sarah and I love all things about making work better and helping people with uh, your careers and we kind of distill everything that we are learning and reading and doing into these podcasts to help you to take action with your career and before we start with this week's topic, which Sarah will do the big reveal on in a second, I just want to say thank you um, to everybody that has been doing reviews for us. We are so grateful. It means such a lot to us. Sarah and I love reading them and we send each other like screenshots and, and it makes us really happy. It also helps us to reach more people. Um, and our mission is to make work better for everyone, um, which means we want to reach as many people as possible so we can help them with all these advice and tips in their career. And just one to, um, one to pick out that we really like from someone called 
L. Wisty. Um, I hope I said that right. It might be E. L. Wisty. Uh, but they said um, about the podcast, this is fantastic stuff. I've listened to every episode. That's quite a few hours. <laughs> and there's loads to enjoy and consider in the moment. It's more useful than that, however, is that I found myself reflecting on what Sarah and Helen say for a long time at, after the actual listen. Compelling content anchored, great word, by a load of good stories and examples to anchor it all together. Uh, it's just thank you so much. It's such a considered um a considered review for us actually when we talk about um giving feedback we always say instead of just saying that was good or that was great get really specific about what it was and el wisty you have done that for us so thank you very much and actually very relevant because this week's topic is all about do-it-yourself career development so we're really mindful that we talk about squiggly careers and by a squiggly career what we really mean is that careers have changed now that the three-stage kind of education work retirement model is disappearing for most of us. Um, and that can feel like a really positive thing, full of opportunity, flexibility, change, creativity. But it can also feel quite overwhelming, um, quite anxiety-inducing. And it's never been more important to take control of your own kind of career development, your own choices. You know, as Helen said, in terms of success, we need to make sure we're really clear for ourselves what success means to us. And then that helps us to make better choices that will mean that we'll be happier at work. And so what we thought it'd be really good to do is do a bit of a kind of DIY on <laughs> where do you start if you're thinking about career development? Um, lots of people ask us these kind of questions. So what, what we're going to do this week is do five kind of top tips that we think will really help you to start taking action straight away in terms of your own career development. And then we've selected our top 10 favourite things to read, watch and listen to that we hope will also give you some extra extra kind of inspiration. Um, this week will feel particularly practical. Um, please don't panic if you're somebody who listens to podcasts while you run or on the move <laughs> and you don't have a pen handy. If you go on our blog post about this podcast, we link to every single resource. So um, you can just luxuriate in listening. I'm always massively impressed if people run um, to, while we're listening to us. When I run, I listen to like hardcore dance and rap music to try and kind of keep myself motivated. So we, well, I don't we run, are... <laughs> but I do yeah. luxuriate uh, sometimes in a bath with a podcast. Um, oh, I also don't have a pen and paper. That's more, more likely to be me. And we're finding more and more, actually, when we do courses that um, so many organisations are becoming paperless. I did a course this week with a company where no one turned up with a pen and pad just because people don't have them anymore. But people don't really want to get their laptops out for our kind of courses. So I was, I was find, actually finding it really interesting that people want to try and remember things, but really mindful of not always wanting to get their tech out. <laughs> um, so I, actually, my note is an even better if this week was you'd need to take some pens and paper for people. <laughs> Go a bit old school. <laughs> So as you say, we're going to start with our top five tips and then we're going to go into 10 just things to read, watch and listen to. Um, so Helen, do you want me to kick off with my you first top off. tip? Okay. So uh, number one top tip is to think in squiggles, not in steps. And by that, what I mean is um, often you get advice about career development, about thinking one step ahead. And I actually think that's increasingly tricky to do given it's harder to even think about your next step, let alone the step after that, given how much is changing. And none of the roles that I've done in the last five or six years existed before I did them. Or if they did, they worked in kind of quite a different way. And what we would really encourage you to do here is to have an exploring mindset and ask yourself, you know, what are you most interested in? What do you want to be curious about? What possibilities would you get really excited to kind of learn more about? And actually use that as your guide for what your career development looks like, 
feels like kind of where you start start with what what interests you the most I actually um as I was writing this and kind of thinking about what we we're going to talk about today you know um when you're at school and you're trying to choose um if you did a levels at school you're trying to choose your a level topics um yeah. some people just say oh actually you know to do the ones that you're most interested in don't worry about um what degree you're going to do or what job you're going to do and I do think in hindsight, that's really good advice. And I think it's actually really good advice when it comes to your career as well. Follow follow those things that interest you the most. And just um, you, that will means that you will naturally be really interested in them. Mm-hmm. And so the action that we would recommend taking in terms of this thinking in squiggles and not in steps is to write down three squiggly career success statements try saying um, that fast <laughs> squiggly career success statements yeah. impressive impressive <laughs> i love it the competitive part of you me to do yes that. so I, I, know, I was like I i'm gonna do this if it kills me <laughs> um so what let's talk about what these are and um we'll give our examples this is kind of the action that we're encouraging you to take on this tip these are positive statements that you would like to be true about your career they're less about a specific job title or a specific role and more about what you want your career to be feeling, what sort of things you might be doing. And some of these things might already be true. And that's really important to recognize where you've, you're already doing some things that you'd like to be doing. And actually, you want to focus on maintaining those things. Maintaining sometimes feels like it lacks glamour, but actually that, that could be a really important thing. Or sometimes there's also a bit of a combination of some things that you want to make sure that you're working to. Ultimately, what these statements give you is um, a center of gravity. They mean that you can be brave, you can explore loads of different things, but you know the things that are really important to you, what sort of success looks like for you. So we've had a go at writing ours, um, <laughs> or at least an example of one, just to kind of give you an illustration. So my squiggly career success statement. <laughs> um, you just be, proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, really, really proud. It, it's small things, Helen. Small, know, it's been I a know. long day. My toddler's got Have another box. sip of your gin tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so my statement would be a career full of variety where I'm growing every day and working with people I feel inspired by and can learn from. Lovely. Should I do mine? Yeah, deals. So I guess my similar theme, but maybe slightly different. Um, mine is a career where I'm making a big and positive impact on the people around me by using my strengths and passions to be at my best and help them to be at theirs. Oh, and they feel so lovely oh. to talk about. Oh, they actually, uh, you know, we haven't done this um, that often before and we hadn't shared them with each other in advance. But actually, I think it's a really positive thing that I would want to reflect on and could almost evaluate how I'm doing against that statement. I like it a lot. The squiggly career success statement, I can say it as well. Um, yeah, it's a def- definite helpful activity for you to do if you're listening. So our second activity that we think you can help you with your DIY career development is to make sure you're learning in a way that works for you. Um, And I think I have learnt by error in this situation. (laughs) So there have been some courses I signed up for. So for example, my MBA that I uh, finished, oh God, a year ago now, um, but I actually started my MBA quite a long time ago. I started a different one, a distance learning version of it about... I don't know what seven or eight years ago Sarah the first time I started it and I did the first year of the program 
and I passed and everything, it was fine, but I didn't really enjoy it. It was distance learning, which basically meant I got sent a box of books and I had a, I was given like a group of people that were supposed to meet up every couple of months, but never really did. And I just found it really hard to learn in that way. Um, that distance learning without the interaction and just, you know, solidly reading books on your own and writing, it didn't stimulate me. And what I have learnt since then is that I more effectively learn when I'm with people I like that um, engagement and interaction and actually I'm much better with um, kind of visual learning so uh, maybe videos I actually learn quite a lot from things like YouTube or tools like Skillshare where I can see people talking so even then I'm learning on my own but I'm observing other people talking and teaching and I learn more effectively in that way now we all have different learning styles um, and it's about understanding how you learn best and coming up with some ideas about what you want to learn in a way that matches your learning style and there's been some work done on this is actually it's called the VARK learning styles which is V-A-R-K um, it stands for visual so kind of people who like uh, pictures and visuals and design that kind of stuff auditory so people who might learn by listening so stuff like this podcast for example might be great if you're an auditory learner um people who like reading or writing is a third thing and then people who like learning kinesthetically if that's a word but kinesthetically it almost means like social learning so um learning with others learning active learning experiential learning so more like going to sessions with other people and we all favour one or a blend of those different learning styles and understanding which one of those learning styles you might favour can help you to come up with more successful learning plans for yourself. Oh, that's fascinating. I've not done it. I've not done the ah. I've not done the I've not done the questionnaire. So I'm gonna do that before um before we share the podcast so that we can oh. share our different profiles. Ah, well you you've stolen my thunder on the action, which is oh, there sorry. is a questionnaire. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> there is a questionnaire. Um so I already had a bit of an awareness of how I, I learned best but I did this questionnaire it's the VARC questionnaire if I'm saying that right and you answer a series of questions and it will um uh, it'll give you a score basically on each of the four dimensions which ones that you favor most I came out as highest as visual and then my second highest was kinesthetic so ideally I should be learning with models images video and then secondary I should be doing that with people that's the things that help me to learn the most and so we'll put that that link on you so the action is go do that survey see what you find out um, and there's also another link that we'll share on the accompanying um post blog post on our website which has some more information about the learning styles so once you've identified your preference you can go on to the second link that we'll share and it can help you get some ideas for ways in which you can learn that match that learning style yeah I think that's fascinating there's been quite a lot of people talking as well about how kids learn best in schools and I find that really interesting um and even if I think about how I like to learn I really enjoy learning one-to-one -one. and again that's quite different from learning in a group so I think even mm. within probably each of those areas, there's some quite uh, specific nuances that are probably quite personal to all of us. And the more that we understand those, the more that we can, I guess, target our learning in a way that's going to work the best for us. So tip number three, career development and your kind of DIY career development is all about being work in progress. This is not something to tick off your list. <laughs> And I think we've all been there. We've all had it on our to-do list as a, I must watch this TED video. I must spend some time thinking about myself. And I think actually, whenever you take that attitude to your own development, 
personally, I found uh, from, from my own experience, you never end up doing it because you always prioritise what you're doing in your job, the things that you know you've kind of got to get done, often because it feels hard, it's reflective, it's, it's maybe not kind of a behaviour that we're used to. I think if you change your mindset to being, this is not something to be ticked off, this is actually something that is more about a fundamental shift in the way that I work, it's not something separate, it's about an attitude, it's about a kind of way of working. And I really like, at the moment, we're collating 100 pieces of career advice from people that we know really well, that we've learned from in our careers, who are really interesting and really inspiring for our book that we're kind of in the midst of writing. Mm-hmm. And um, a guy called Matt Kingdon um, is the founder of a company, and this is going to be really confusing, and the company is called What If?, we're obviously called amazing if and sometimes people talk to me and think I work for him um so it is always very confusing but they're an innovation company and they're brilliant um really kind of smart interesting people and I asked him for his best piece of career advice and he said the best career advice I have for anyone joining our company is to look after number one themselves this doesn't mean I'm asking them to throttle back on how generous they are with their time but it's important to manage your career very actively and not wait for someone else to do it for you. And I just thought, imagine being told that on your first day in a a company. I think that really sets a tone of, we're here to support you. um, We want you to be the best you can possibly be. We want you to be really involved in our company, but we're kind of putting that onus on you and kind of going, you know, it's it's there for you to take. And so I was thinking about um, how do you make this actionable? Because really this is about a change in mindset, but I think you've probably got to do something different to really kind of bring this to life. So I was thinking something could be really helpful for people is at the end of every day for 10 days in a row, and I would actually include weekends in this to kind of keep the habit alive, capture one thing that you did really well. So what went well today and capture one even better if. And we use that format, and you perhaps have heard us talk about this before in terms of a way of giving people feedback that's really positive and really constructive. And I think by using that kind of mechanism, it would just help you with this kind of attitude of making every day a bit better than the day before. And someone's actually said this to me before. Imagine if that was your mentality that each day you kind of started going, I'm just going to be 1% better this Wednesday than I was yesterday on Tuesday and actually it's quite a it's quite a big ask of yourself but I think it does get you into this kind of learning mentality this idea of always being work in progress and that there's never a a point where this will be ticked off your list or that action will be done it is really just about an approach to life and to learning and you know people talk about lifelong learning I think that's got to be something that somehow you bring to life in a way that kind of works for you. So tip number four this week is to make sure that career development is not in your mind about going on a course. And we see this quite a lot, particularly actually when we've been managing people, that people might think that the the most important thing they could do for their career development this year is to go on a course to get a qualification and they're kind of coming looking for funding. But actually, if you look at some of the theory on learning, there's a quite commonly used model, the 70-20-10 learning model. Um, And it's kind of debated, but roughly it says that 70% of your time is spent learning on the job basically so from challenging um stretching work that's where you do the most learning 
20% is about developmental conversations with people. So it's where you're getting feedback. Maybe you're having that, getting that feedback from stakeholders or you're having uh, really constructive reviews with your managers or maybe it's with mentors. But that 20% is about developmental conversations you're having. And then 10% is more formal learning. So as I said, there's actually a bit of a debate on those exact numbers, but roughly speaking, it's the majority of your learning is done on the job. And so career development um, and the learning as part of your job isn't just about going on a course. It's a really important thing to kind of be clear on. Now, there are th certain things that you can do to encourage that. So in terms of that 70 percent, what you want to be doing there so that you're learning the most is you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in situations where you're stretching your abilities. Maybe you're trying your strengths in a different context, maybe by, um, I don't know, succumbance or horizontal moves or just really being conscious of what it feels like to you to be in your comfort zone and what it feels like for you to maybe stretch yourself outside of it. We're not trying to get you to strain, but you really want to be in those challenging growth mindsets or spongy learning environments where you're getting the maximum development um, benefit out of the work that you're doing. In terms of the 20%, so that's where you're learning from people through development conversations, you're going to get way more out of that if you are proactively seeking feedback from lots of people around you. Sarah talked about that feedback mechanism that we use. Super simple. What worked well? Even better if you can ask it at the end of meetings, you can ask it during your one-to-one -one with your manager, you can ask it from your peers. It's just a really easy way of you gathering lots of feedback about yourself and you'll be able to spot themes. But it starts with you asking for the feedback if you wait for feedback um you might only get it once a year during your annual cycle that you do in the company it's much better to develop that as a habit also think about the variety of people that you're getting those perspectives and having those conversations with if you've not got mentors maybe it's time to start asking people that you think you could learn from um, and you can ask them for conversations, talk to them about what you want to learn from them and why you're going to them. Remember that mentoring doesn't just have to be upwards. You don't just have to go to senior people. You can have development conversations and mental conversations with your peers. And also people that might work for you can give you some really valid feedback and also be good mentors, maybe skill mentors as well. So just make sure you're focusing on that 20% and really enriching it. And the last thing, that 10%. So that is the formal learning. That is the going on a course or going to an event. A lot of the time, but not always, that requires some money. And you might want to be asking your organisation for this. So Sarah and I have both been in this situation where we have gone to our organisations to ask for funding for the courses that we would like to go on that we think would help us to develop and help us to add more value in the roles that we're doing in the company. If you're in that situation, you kind of want to have a good business case behind it. You really want to think through why is this valuable for the company? And you also want to show some, some give, some intent on your part. So think about how you're going to give back the value. Maybe you could run a workshop so that other people could benefit from your learning. And actually, that's quite a good return on investment because you'll be teaching far more people. Also, maybe think about, could you take the holiday time? So if you need to go on a course for a couple of days, could you take that time as holiday? So that's a way of saying to an organisation, you know, if you'll fund it, then I'll use my holiday for it. I mean, Sarah's been in a situation, you paid for your flight, didn't you, when you went to Harvard? That was kind of part of the contribution. You got some funding, I think, for the, for the course through a scholarship, and then you paid for your travel, I think, didn't you? Yeah, so it was kind of a everybody everybody I could possibly find to contribute to that. <laughs> so I managed to get a grant from a kind of leadership award that I won that paid for a good chunk of that Harvard course that I went on. Sainsbury's contributed to that for me and I paid for the flights myself. 
And I think there was a mixture of maybe holidays and some days that kind of Sainsbury's gave to me. So it just felt like everybody was kind of giving and gaining as part of that process. And also I'd been really clear about what I wanted to do and why. And that's one of the things that I see quite often is that people will come and talk to me and just say, I want to do a course on Gravitas or I want to do a course on leadership skills. And they've done no research for themselves on what's out there, what's available. And that's, that is a really easy thing to do. And I, I actually think it's, it's a tiny bit lazy. If it might yeah, feel a bit harsh to say that. No, I, but think I, I, do, I do think it's a bit lazy. If this really matters to you, I mean, this is like, it takes half an hour, an hour to look at what are the options out there on a particular thing that you're interested in. Talking to a few people beforehand on what they would recommend. Certainly when I was doing a coaching qualification, I spoke to a couple of people I knew who'd done coaching qualifications and said, you know, was this any good? Would you do it again? Would you recommend it? People whose opinion I trusted. And actually there's a couple of people who've asked me about that same coaching qualification. And I think that's just a really smart thing to do because you don't get these opportunities very often in terms of these more specific kind of 10% formal learning. So actually doing your kind of due diligence beforehand, I think is incredibly important. And just on that point, so Sarah mentioned coaching. Coaching is actually one of the things that could fit in the 20% of the 70-20-10 that we talked about. Um, And coaching is amazing at unlocking your thinking, super helpful for your career development. It is often quite expensive and um, companies can be quite limited in whether they make it available and to who they make it available. But watch this space, everybody. We are going to be trialing a new online coaching model. It's very exciting. Hopefully in March, just bear with us. We're putting a new website with new functionality and we're also going to be trialing online courses and online coaching all at the same time. I think we're mad. Um, But we're really trying to find um, a way of making coaching affordable and accessible for people so potentially you know I don't know follow us wherever you're following us on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever it is um, that's the sort of places that we'll be putting the news live but it will be somewhere hopefully in March that that'll be there and in terms of actions on this specifically the best thing to do here is to identify one or two career development priorities for 2019 don't make it more than that because then it starts to become sort of unrealistic so just one or two and mind map and think about all the different ways that you could develop that skill so google it ask other people just get creative about the different ways that you could learn that thing Uh, think about books think about digital think about events that you could go to and share that mind map once you've done it share it with three people could be friends uh, could be family members could be people in your organization but what you're asking them to do is to add on any extra ideas and what you'll end up there is with a really unique um, and interesting learning plan for you to follow for your learning priorities this year okay and then on to the final tip so tip number five and this is work for growth mindset managers now slightly contrary because we're here talking about your career development, and that is first and foremost your responsibility. But I think we recognise just how powerful it can be to work for somebody who cares about developing and supporting people in their teams. We've both had that experience ourselves where you work for somebody who just accelerates and propels you kind of even further than you were kind of going yourself. And that doesn't mean a manager who just says yes to every training request. It really means a growth mindset manager. And I was trying to think about um, how do you know if somebody is a growth Mm -hmm. mindset manager? Because, you know, people don't tend to describe themselves necessarily in that way. Um, Maybe they will a bit more in the future. I think there are some things you can spot um, when I reflect back on the people that I've worked for who I think 
really kind of typify what this looks like. And they're very different styles of people, very different personalities, but they have some things in common. And some of those things that I came up with were, firstly, they make time for development for themselves, as well as recognising that they want to make time and need to make time for their team to develop. So they're kind of role modelling the right behaviours, the kind of all the things that we've just talked about. You can see that they do that and they kind of appreciate that uh, you're never too senior to learn. And, I, you know, we do, you do see that sometimes people get to a certain level and they sort of go, well, I'm, I'm there now, I'm done. Mm. And actually then you see other people who you kind of go, they really appreciate that there's always opportunities to get better. So look for those people who are always, you know, brilliant at listening, always want to improve, always want to grow. I think the second thing for me is often growth mindset managers promote internal talent. Not not every time, because often you want external people to kind of add into the mix, but they, they want people to learn and grow um, within an organisation. They give people those stretch opportunities. They want people to kind of do the best work. They're often very good strength spotters. They're good at um, spotting potential and going, do you know what? This person's got all the right behaviours. They've got the potential. Let's give it a go. Let's see where they'll get to. And they kind of, and then as a result, and this has happened to me a couple of times, you step up and you get even further than you'd kind of imagined. And then the last one for me is more that they value and appreciate how things are done as much as what is done. And, you know, they understand that actually the people who um, succeed often the most, and often this is how they've developed in their, their career, is not just about what you deliver. But in this kind of squiggly career that we all work in and working with so many different people all the time, that actually the how is, is just as important. So the kind of the behaviours that go along with, you know, the way that you do work really matter. Is there anything else, Helen, you would add from your growth me- mindset manager experience? Um, the only other thing, I think they share their journey with you as well. You know, you yeah. said they make time for their development for themselves. I remember um, one of my managers, you know, he would share his development plan with me. They've, they're quite open, yeah, they're quite nice. transparent, and they show talk about their journey. They're quite human. They're not like these superheroes, even though they um, they feel like that to you because I'm making such a difference to you. They're normal people who are also learning and growing, developing. They're helping you, but they're also sharing their journey with you as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I would say growth mindset managers are always prepared to be vulnerable. They will never profess to be perfect or kind of the finished article. And so the action that we're going to suggest for you is to actually support your manager with ideas on how you could learn and grow together as a team. So actually, yes, try and work for these people, look for these people, spot them. Maybe in some instances you go into a different role or a different opportunity that feels you know, slightly unfamiliar or maybe even a sideways move to get the opportunity to work with these people. But when you're, whether you're working for a growth mindset manager or not, you can take accountability for trying to develop this philosophy as a team. It can be as simple as watching a TED talk together over lunch once a week. It could be an office book club. It could be sharing all your favorite podcasts as a team. It can be really small things that just encourage and support you all to kind of grow and develop together. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So now we've finished all of our five tips, the next thing we're going to move on relatively rapidly for you is we want to share some of the resources that have helped us. Um, We're going to do five each um, and they've helped us in our career development and we think they're going to be helpful for you too. Okay, so shall I kick off with my top five? Okay, yes, let's go. We're going to do them top of the pops, quite quick style. So in at number one. Is that like an old reference now? Is top of the pops still It probably is. It probably, okay. I don't think so. It probably is. It probably ages as massively. So number one, and they're actually in no particular order, is a book called Design Your Life. And there's also a website called Designing Your Life. And this is two guys who have combined engineering and design thinking to apply to personal development. If you've not read it, it's brilliant. I actually have only discovered it in the last 12 months and can't believe um, I hadn't read it before. Number two, The School of Life. Um, I love all things The School of Life. It's actually not for everyone, I don't think. It's quite philosophical. It's quite therapeutic. But they do a really good range of books, events, something called a Sunday sermon, which is kind of an alternative to maybe some religious sermons that you can go to. I've done things like philosophy as therapy as a course there. I really like their books. So for me, their style... It's probably quite different to ours. It's it's probably more, it's kind of quieter, slower, less action focused. But I kind of quite like it as a contrast to what we do and also just find it really interesting and feel like I learn a lot. Number three is a very specific podcast by a man called Adam Grant. He wrote a book called Option B with Sheryl Sandberg, which some of you might have read. But and he give and also, take as well. Another oh, and yeah, and give and take. But he does a podcast in association with TED called Work Life. And it's just a really good podcast. And actually, follow him on Instagram and follow him on Twitter because he says some incredible words of wisdom in a really simple way that I actually find really motivating. Number four, very different to Adam, um, (laughs) is a philosopher called Roman. And you know what? I'm not even going to try and pronounce Roman's surname because um, I'll get it really wrong. But we'll put the resources as part of the link. And he wrote a book called Wonderbox. Um, And he's written a few of the books actually about um, how to find a job that you love. And it's really about being curious and reflective. He's a very interesting guy in terms of his own career, which has been massively squiggly. He's been, I think he was like maybe even something to do with tennis at some point. Gardener, an academic. He created something called the Empathy Museum, which I actually went to. So he's, uh, which is more of a kind of real life installation. 
He's a really fascinating guy and it's kind of broadly related to work, but just helps to give you a kind of macro wider view. And if you've not looked at his work, it's really worth checking out. And then my final one is uh, Bruce Daisley. So if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you will have listened to me interview Bruce very recently. He's got his book out at the moment called The Joy of Work, which is excellent. And his Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat podcast. I would say if there was ever um, a podcast that would get married to our podcast, (laughs) it's probably his. Slightly different in that Bruce goes out and interviews lots of people who I actually think are all very committed to kind of making work better for everyone as we are. So it's less about top tips that is kind of talking about our experience it's much more about he goes out and talks to experts so um if you really like our podcast um, a bit like those algorithms that go if you like this and you'll like that um <laughs> that's definitely one to have a look at so they're I my love top that five podcast so much he's got such a great brain i love how he connects everything and yeah he remembers yeah, yeah. so much from things yeah it's brilliant um so my five then i realize there is sarah's ones are quite philosophical some of them uh mine are quite um <laughs> technological i would say some of them um so in at number six keeping with the top of the pops theme is skillshare skillshare is a brilliant online platform for learning so loads of different courses um all kinds some of them are free some of them are like five pounds they some of them are just kind of one-offs that you can watch straight away some of them you almost join like a learning program over you know four or eight weeks it's just a really good way of learning and depending on your learning style we talked about earlier as a visual learner i find it particularly useful to watch things like skillshare um so yeah really accessible learning learning on demand the seventh one is another podcast. For me, I really like the Harvard Business View Ideas podcast. It's called the Idea Cast, and they just talk about some of the emerging research that they're doing. Um, and I tend to sort of listen to it there first, and then I'll delve into some of the things that they might have written onto it. Like I'll go online and I'll read the article and read the research. But I really like the Harvard Business Review Idea Cast podcast. I often listen to that on my journeys. Number eight is an app called Blinkist. You can also get it on um, on your desktop as well. Blinkist is brilliant for book summaries. It is paid for. I think you can get a couple for free if you just kind of want to try it out. But what I really like is you can get um, different book summaries. What I tend to do is I will go on Blinkist, I will get the book summary, and then I'll decide if I want to commit to the book, which often isn't about, oh, do I want to spend the £10? It's more, do I want to spend the five hours that it's going to take me to read the actual book? So I find that Blinkist is a good indicator of, is it going to be sort of worth my time to commit to this book? So I really like that. You know what? That's really terrified me because now I'm thinking we're going to need to make sure that our books. Sum- Imagine what if our book summary isn't interesting <laughs> enough for our own book. So I like, wouldn't right, even read our book. <laughs> we've we've got to make sure that that book summary is amazing because right, otherwise on it. Oh, it'll be to really the depressing. <laughs> okay, uh, we need to probably finish writing the book first, and then that's, we'll get onto the true. summary. That is, we'll that is that. true. Before we worry about summarising <laughs> yeah, something that isn't actually finished yet. I did like it earlier when you said we're in the midst, which implies we're in the middle, but our deadline is rapidly approaching. <laughs> oh, the joys sure. of writing books. We'll do a podcast on that maybe next year when it's all done. Um, <laughs> number nine for me is TED Talks. I know we talk about them and I know people know about TED Talks, but they really are so useful and not just the ones that have got the 50 million views like the Amy Cuddy one, which is great. Or, you know, we always talk about Carol Dweck, which we love. Um, but I was watching a really good one this week on empathy 
empathy from someone called Helen Reese, who talks about um, the different skills for empathy, which is really interesting. It only had, uh, only, like it had a good uh, sort of, I don't know, 20,000, 30,000 watchers of it. But I found it really, really interesting. And so sometimes I think just being curious about TED Talks, use the TED app and look at the Discover ones and maybe just watch ones that you wouldn't normally watch as well as ones that really align to your learning plan. I particularly like the one with Dame Stephanie Shirley, which is Mm. um, why ambitious women have flat heads. And we also both like the one by Sean Acker, which is The Happy Secret to Better Work, which is a summary of his book, The Happiness Advantage, but in 18 minutes on a TED Talk stage. Um, So yeah, that's really good. And my last one is a bit of maybe an odd one. It's something called the Six Minute Diary, which I've started this year. It's a physical thing, like a book that you buy. And it's basically a journal. I really value journaling as a way of kind of collecting my thoughts and focusing. And the Six Minute Diary has um, just questions for you each day. So rather than looking at a blank page, it um, helps you to kind of just focus your journaling and also means that you don't have to write uh, for too long. So for example, I've got a page open in front of me today um, and the things it's asking for day today are what I'm grateful for, a statement about how I make today great, what my good deed is today, how I'll improve, which is quite like that thing Sarah talked about earlier about getting 1% better every day. And then also some great things I've experienced today. And then it also has some questions like, uh, what would you do right away if you weren't afraid of making mistakes? And what conversation topic can you immerse yourself in for hours? And when was the last time you talked about it? Which I thought was quite a nice question. Great, great. I love it. So I'll put the link to that book. I think, oh, from memory, it's maybe about £10 and you get it from Amazon. Um, And yeah, it's quite nice. It sits on my desk, so I remember to do it every day. Lovely. So there are um, top 10 things that we really go to. We'd also really love to hear from you. So if you've got ideas of things that have been really useful for your own career development, please do share them. Head over to our Amazing If Instagram and add to the comments section under the podcast post, which um, you'll see on Tuesday every week. So if you've got some extra things that we've just not thought of and maybe not discovered yet we would love to know what they are and as ever thank you so much to everyone who takes the time to rate share the podcast we really do appreciate it and we read everyone and they make us super happy so uh, that's it for this week thanks as ever for listening we really do appreciate it and we'll speak to you again next week thanks bye for now bye the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.